You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. This week, you just got me and Paul. Uh, we're not sure where Corey's at. So he's, yeah, who uh, knows? He's lost. He, he's swimming in Lake Erie or something. I don't know. Doing dad stuff. Um, but we are going to go ahead and get started here. So first off, we will uh, just run down uh, what we've been up to. Paul, you've had uh, a little bit of time out in the woods. and Yeah, I took my, my nephew, Levi. Uh, we went youth gun hunting out to some public land here in town. Um, it was surprisingly dead. There were not in the public spot that we were at. You know, I can remember taking my son, you know, 10, 12 years ago, and there might be, you know, 20 people for a youth gun weekend. We saw two. Um, so I don't know if that was, there was a big high state game You know, Michigan state was in town. So I don't know if that played into it, but it was, um, it was really disappointing, actually, just the the, the turnout, um, you know, on, on on that piece of public that I've been been hunting for years. So I uh, I hope that's not a sign of you know the future, but I, I kind of feel like that's the marker. Like deer gun is that's the biggest week that we have in the state for hunting. So that was disappointing um, for me. Seven thousand six hundred thirty four deer were harvested by the Utes here in Ohio. So good for you kids. Happy for you. We got some pictures, sent them in at Ohio hunt, the dot O two dot podcast and Instagram. So yeah, let's see them. But yeah, other than that months, that was kind of it for me out in the woods. It is kind of, you talk about not having people numbers out there. Yeah. Uh, Ohio state's always played football on Saturday. So I am hard pressed to think that that had a huge impact on, on this week. Uh, we like obviously would to see more numbers, especially when the with the young folks. But um, did you guys get anything? We saw two does. I man, they were maybe like 150 yards away, and uh, they just 
I don't know, something, I, I don't know if it was us. I don't think they won. The win was pretty good, but they just turned around and hightailed it out of there. Um, other than that, we didn't, we didn't see anything. We found uh, a ton of turkey scratching back in this area, which, which that was good to see. Paul, so, you're not supposed to be um, looking for turkey. Yeah, it was just, dude, I think about it. If, listen, Christmas morning, my kids are opening up Christmas presents. Santa Claus is, is you know, the magic is in the air. And I'm thinking about turkeys at some point, like in that, like in that morning, like it's going to pop into my head and I'm going to, you know, that's just, that's, that's what I'm geared for, man. That's what I'm wired for. You guys get all jacked up about bow hunting the rut. And I'm just like uh, spring turkeys, you know, I'm Googling like when, you know, when does the Florida Southern season start? I start hunting turkeys in like first week of March. So I don't know. I got a problem. That's so, funny. Yeah. Well, uh, on my end, I'm going to be really honest. I'm trying to stay out of the pout box uh, deer camp. Yeah. That's what we call it. The pout box. And I've had, uh, I've had my share of success and, uh, and failure. Um, I, I'm having trouble getting a buck on the ground. And I ran into an issue over the weekend where I, I did hit a very, a very nice buck. Um, the shot placement was not bad. And then uh, the deer ended up on a piece of property in which I cannot get permission to get out there. I, I really am 99% sure that deer is dead, but I can't get the, the landowners to give me any response. Not a yes, not a no just no response. Uh, I feel like yeah. I've called. That's not for lack of trying. Yeah. We've, I've called them. I've knocked on the door multiple times. I've left notes in the door. I've talked to the neighbors surrounding. It's uh, frustrating. I've called a lot of people. I'm not going to go into a big vent session uh, because there's, there's a lot to this story, but one of the things I found interesting was I have no access to my wildlife officer right now. So the message that was on the uh, voicemail was that they were not accepting or returning phone calls right now. And to me, that was kind of odd being such an important time of the year. Um, long story short, the struggle continues, but we are going to move forward and do the best we can. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that, but we're going to get it worked out, man. <clears throat> I have, I have faith. So we ain't out of the woods yet. I mean, we're yeah. literally out of the woods, but we're going to find that big guy. So you're due the, uh, <laughs> anywho on to bigger and better things. It is, as we record this, what are we going to release this on the 24th of November? We are knocking on the door of gun season. I'm just going to say that I hope everybody is safe when they are going out. I hope everyone is successful. I hope that I would urge everyone to read their, their regulation books, uh, double check anything, make sure you guys are Got your right orange on, your guns are legal, what you need to do as far as tagging, just brush up on that stuff, okay? 
I don't think that three shells got to have a plug unless you're using a single shot. Yeah. It's not too much to ask. It's, it's the responsible thing to do. It's what needs to be done. Yeah. It's, it's that, this is the week for me, man. This, you know, I haven't done a ton of bow hunting the last probably five years and I've put all my eggs into one, you know, gun hunting basket, the full week, the, the two, the two days. Um, so I have missed like three and I'm, I'm going to throw myself under the speeding bus, but I have missed three really nice bucks, like three years in a row down, down South. And I, I told you this story. I'm going to tell what the hell, man, why make fun of myself. So I, it was muzzleloader season last year, two really nice deer come across there like 80 yards from me across the Creek. There's a ravine buck fever sets in. I'm shaking like a leaf shoot shoot right over the back of these deer and like you know like when you shoot at a deer they don't know where to go so they'll just kind of like stop and they'll look around and they'll try to figure out where they want to go and they take the path of of least resistance and it just so happened that my direction was the path of least resistance so these two two deer run down the hill up the hill and the whole time i'm trying to like load my muzzle loader and uh they come up the hill and I'm shaking so bad that my ramrod was inside the barrel of the gun going <laughs> bouncing back and forth. And these deer just stop. And they must've like realized that I'm an idiot and that they weren't going to die. Cause they just stopped and, and like stood there and looked at me for, you know, what seemed like forever. And I just chucked the, yeah, I get the, get that damn bullet down as far as I could. I throw the ramrod and I pull up the shoot and they're gone. Like they're just out of my life. So Hopefully, as, they, as they're running, they're like, "Hey, look, Harry! Uh, oh my check god!" Out this guy. I, I, like, I was so, I was so, I was so mad. I, I just, I just sat there. I was like, "You are an idiot, man! These these deer like gift wrapped their life to you, and you, you like hands were shaking. It was, I was so, I was so upset. So, hopefully, it doesn't happen again because I'm ready to kill something. I know you are. Yeah. So. I, I, good, I, I really want to kill something that has bone coming out of its head. Yeah. Um, but yeah. When are you, when are you leaving for Pennsylvania? When is that? Uh... Uh, later this weekend. I'm not sure. That'd be um, cool. Go run over there. So we have me. some, we have some deer trophies to talk about from, from our, our dedicated listeners. Thanks for sharing your, your, your pictures and, and stories with us. So my, uh, a friend of mine, Nick Moen, his brother shot, dude, the biggest doe that I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it looks like, like, it, did you see that? I, I, I shared the picture on Twitter, like the neck of this doe is swollen. I mean, she is massive. So Ben Moen, good for you. Brandon Keller, real good friend of mine, uh, listens to the program. Thanks, man. Uh, shot his very first deer, very first buck. First bow kill, first everything. So that's a that's a special deer. Uh, good for you. So months, I think you got a couple other guys. Yeah, we got Dan Soison up there uh, back home. Dan took it home. He went to the saddle this year and and took out a really nice, really nice deer. Um, so I think that paid off for him. Well, Uncle Steve back at it again. Got himself another beautiful deer. Um, how many deer do you think uncle steve's killed in his life 100 uh, 200 500 a lot i've, I've uh, never met uncle steve but i looked at that picture that you post on instagram i'm like dude that guy has seen some shit in the woods for sure like that's the type of guy that just doesn't does flinch a, man he does a very nice job of 
getting one in Ohio and Pennsylvania. That's tough. Just about every year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially over there, they've got antler restrictions and stuff. So. Uh, oh, do they really? Yeah. But I saw like they have bear, like a bear hunting season over there. I thought that was pretty sweet. Pennsylvania, man. I got to get over there. Speaking of bear hunting, and I'm not, I'm not, I've seen a bear twice, yeah, three times, once in the Smoky Mountains, that counts, but twice in the woods here. I saw that uh, like the state of Washington banned uh, spring bear hunting, or I think just bear hunting season, spring and fall uh, for 2022, which is, which is pretty crazy. And I, I didn't, I didn't read the full article, but I'm sure it's just a knee jerk reaction. It's not based on the popular thing. Trust the science months. It's probably not based on that. If I had to guess, um, yeah. probably an emotional reaction. So, you know, keep your head on a swivel, man. There, there are people that are, that are coming out, uh, coming after the stuff that we love to do. So yeah. I'm no expert on that stuff, but I know there's some yeah. other States that are in the same boat. New Jersey's one that's banned all bear hunting. Um, they're going to have some issues. California yeah. obviously has some, some interesting laws, but instead of allowing hunters to take out certain predators, they pay people with taxpayer money. So, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, Paul. Not today. So we'll say that for a July topic. We don't have anything else to talk about. Right. Um, let's see. Today's featured guest is uh, Mr. Justin Ross with, uh, farmers and hunters feeding the hungry it's a an organization that works to take deer and uh, distribute it to local food banks depending on where you're at it's really it's a national organization ah heck i'll let justin tell you more about it but no, we we really did enjoy this uh this talk it's a little bit off of our normal path of of things but if you get get a deer this upcoming week and you need a place for it and feeling generous or if you just have uh, a little bit of money you might want to uh, give to the organization that would be helpful as well because they have to pay for all the processing uh, it's pretty cool so it's uh heading into the the holiday season it's it's definitely something that i i think needs to be considered yeah it's a neat neat program they do they do a lot of good work and I've known Justin for years. Um, I know this is some, yeah, he is just, just a real, real nice guy. And, and the guy is a killer too, man. Like he, he kills some real nice deer, uh, but just, uh, you know, good heart. And uh, I think it's, I think it's an important, uh, important work that they're doing. So, yeah. And actually we talked to Justin a little bit after the, after the fact, uh, I think uh, we're going to try to get some stuff down the road where, we can help his organization and and get people out and, and doing some stuff. So be on the lookout. It's not going to happen next week, but uh, down the road next summer, next summer, next spring, uh, getting some stuff put together. So the fun stuff, the fun stuff. Everybody yeah. have, well, have good... fun. Yeah, ha yeah. Have fun next week. Have fun on Thanksgiving. Do your thing. Eat all the turkey in the world. Eat all the turkey. Yeah. Get all your Black Friday deals picked up. As if we and, still do that, I don't know if we. And, do we and still the most that? important aspect of this week and next week is what? Beat that Wolverine ass. Yes, yes, Go we don't guys. <laughs> so, uh, no more. Let's go, Paul. Get him, get him, big guys. dog. Take care. <laughs>
And good afternoon, uh, or good evening, I guess is where we're at for the day. Uh, we've got our special guest today, Justin Ross, uh, with Farmers and Hunters Feeding the Hungry. Justin, how's it going? It's good, man. It's good. Finally have some cool weather and um, crops are coming off, so we get a season's really kicking in. Yeah, it feels like uh, we're, we're actually moving into hunting season. It just happens to be the third week in November here or whatever. So, um, but Justin's going to talk to us tonight a little bit about the organization he works with and, you know, some of the benefits that, you know, they have for uh, farmers and hunters and people that are hungry. So uh, Justin, do you want to give us a quick rundown of, of what your group is that you work with? Yeah, this is a, it's um, quite frankly, I run a chapter here in central Ohio, Northern kind of northern, eastern, central Ohio, and um, it's a feeding ministry. Uh, you know, the history of, of farmers and hunters feeding the hungry goes back to Rick Wilson, which was the, um, I guess, the original guy that created it, and there's a great video. It was it was actually produced on, on Hunting the Country way back in the day, and um, back in 97, I'll just to give a rundown. So back in 1997, uh, the story kind of goes that Rick was, Rick was a school teacher, and he was, he was heading home one day and he saw a car parked on the side of the road and the lady was standing there flagging down. And he was like, you know, I don't know what's going on, but he didn't want to pass by. So he stopped to, to talk to her and she said, hey, would you mind helping me run up in the woods and get this dead deer? And he was like, man, this is really odd, but he just felt compelled to do it. So he, he went up in the woods with her and got this deer and they got to talk and she's like, look, I don't have you know, a job. We kind of live out of the car type thing. And this is what I'm feeding my kids. And so from then on, he was like, man, we got to do something about this. You know, there's, there's plenty of deer around and this was out in Maryland, um, but there's plenty of deer around. There's plenty of need. So he, um, from there, it evolved into a ministry in his church. Uh, to where he would he would essentially take donated deer meat and give it out to the local food banks, and um, quickly it, it just changed into a nationwide type thing um, since the late '90s. So I've been doing this since 2007 here in Ohio, and um, it just gets better and better every year. It, it's just it, it honestly for a quick overview that it's a great outlet for people that harvest more animals than they need. Um, or people that uh, maybe they don't like deer meat, but they love just the experience of hunting. So it gives them an outlet to uh, donate meat for free. And, you know, I raise money to pay for the processing and then give it all back to food banks in the local area. So how does the, how does the process work? So I harvest a deer and then, and then what do I do? Yeah. So we have, um, we contract with certain butchers all around the state um, because of, you know, just, um, trying to think of the, the think of the word, obviously the legalities of giving meat out. We have to work with USDA inspected or county inspected um, butchers. Uh, so, so which obviously we know that that whitetails um, are not for resale, and the butcher isn't actually inspecting, uh, or the the county or the USDA isn't actually inspecting the butcher for whitetails. It's just that that they're saying that hey, they're a clean facility. And, um, you know, we approve them to, to butcher meat to give to the public. So we contract with those butchers and um, we set a price. You as the hunter, you would, you would fill your tag just like you normally would buy, you know, purchase a tag, kill the animal, uh, you know, field dress it, take it to one of our butchers, drop it off, say, hey, I want to donate to FHFH. 
and uh, they get a hold of me, say, hey, we got another deer. And then, you know, usually my butchers um, twice a year, they'll get a hold of me and say, um, you know, I got X amount of deer. Um, they'll give me an invoice and, and I cut them a check. And then throughout the year, now that I've been doing it long enough, you know, the food banks will just, um, the food banks come along, they know who to talk to and they get the deer meat throughout the year. And so we just keep track of that. But yeah, as you, the hunter, you just drop it off. Say you want to donate to FHFH and it's that simple. Yeah. How many, how many butchers are just in, just say central Ohio? How many did you have signed up? Uh, central Ohio, there's a handful. Um, okay. I'm, I only, I only deal with oilers out in Utica right now. Okay. Um, I actually was dealing with some other, some other butchers, but they've gotten so busy during this pandemic doing beef and, and hogs that they've actually just cut deer out because they can't, they, they're all of their times booked doing, um, you know, beef and hogs. So I'm actually down to just oilers with my chapter, but there's a couple other chapters around town that have contracted with other, you know, other butchers. I think, I think right now, um, we're around like 35 or 40 butchers throughout the state of Ohio that we're contracted with. Yeah, I'm looking at your guys' website and just for reference, it's fhfh.org. Uh, but you got a really nice map of actually, and Ohio's very well represented both for butchers and for people like, like yourself, Justin, uh, as far as, uh, you know, the contact for the organization in each, uh, area. So if anybody's interested, there's definitely a good website. You can go check that out. Does Stern still do it downtown? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right there at Greenlawn and 71. You can't yeah, get much more central Ohio than that one. So yeah, no doubt. It, it's kind of funny. I get calls, um, actually a buddy of mine, um, well, there's kind of a story about it, but it, it, there's a buddy of mine that actually runs that chapter and he's from up around Toledo, but his, uh, his cousin was running, was, a, was one of the originals in the state of Ohio that started and, and Dave since passed away. He kind of actually got me into it um, years ago, but so, so Alan deals with, um, with therns and, but I get calls all the time, guys that are hunting in Southern Ohio, maybe they're from Michigan or even Northern Ohio, and they'll actually be traveling back through and they'll call me and say, Hey, is there a butcher along the way that I can just, you know, drop meat off at, well, not meat, but actually drop the carcass off. And, and yeah, they always drop them at therns because they're coming right up 71 typically. So it works out really well. Good. And so how, how do you find, how do you feel like what, what, what shelters do you guys uh, donate to? Is there like a vetting process? Do some shelters not want deer meat because it's, you know, kind of outside of the norm or is the need so great that people are just grateful for any sort of food donation? Uh, back in the day it was. So, so years ago, it, it, when I, when I first started talking to some of the local food banks, Salvation Army, some of the churches that have out, you know, outreach ministries that have food banks there, they even questioned it. It was like, well, you know, our people, they don't know what to do um, with the deer meat and so forth. So actually the Division of Wildlife, it came up with years ago, little um, like business card size um, recipes. And they all involved, you know, using venison. And so, so anyways, I had got a bunch of those from, from the division and then I would hand them out. And so actually when they would, when the food banks would pass out, like give groceries to the families, they would put a recipe card down in the bag and all of our meat that we have is ground into one pound packages. It makes it very easy to use. Um, it's very simple for the efficient for the butchers to just, you know, grind everything up, package it in one pound packages. And, you know, I'm sure all, all three of you guys could come up with 10 recipes right off, right off the bat that could use ground meat. 
Um, so anyways, yes, there was issues in the beginning. Division Wildlife helped out with that, got that fixed. And now uh, there really isn't. People are just grateful to have it. I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was passing out some meat um, and there was one organization that had no idea we even did it. There was a sister organization of theirs was has been getting meat for 10 years. Um, and so anyways, they had got a hold of this, this other organization and said, hey, give him a call. He's got meat for you. So they were asking the same questions you were asking, like, what do we, like, what do, we do? So I got them set up and they're, they're extremely grateful and they're looking forward to, you know, every few weeks taking a couple hundred pounds. I, I actually, I just got a call from the butcher today. I've got 3000 pounds of meat ready to go out into the, into the, you know, local community right now. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That was so, one of my questions was how, on an average year, how many pounds do you get? <clears throat> um, it, it's, it's actually dwindled down here in the last few years because so many people are keeping their own harvest now. Um, there was a time that I was doing 12,000 pounds of meat, um, a year. And, and if you look at it, we, we kind of view it in the organizations about the quarter pound servings. So, you know, if you're talking 10,000 pounds of meat, you're talking 40,000 servings, um, not, not only does it take a lot to, to cover the cost of butcher all that, but to get to find places for all that, um, you know, it can become actually kind of hard because the butchers only have so much freezer space. They can only keep it so long. But luckily, a lot of our butchers are willing to keep it and, and pass it out sparingly to try to at least get it, you know, nine months out of the year that there's a, there's a supply of meat um, compared to just, you know, like four months of bow season here in Ohio. So, um it, it, it ain't great. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing probably now I'll go between six and seven thousand pounds of meat every year. I'm on your website. It says one deer is equal to 200 meals. That's that's incredible. Yeah, we, we use that as an average number of 50 pounds um, of meat per deer. Um, obviously, you're going to have some that are smaller than that. And then you're going to have some deer that are that provide you know, or yield more than that. Yeah. Um, but that's that seems to be kind of the average if you would look through our total total um, deer donations or just deer elk whatever depending where you're at in the country and in servings that's that's about where it's at it's about 50 pounds per animal well you guys accept other animals besides whitetails or i mean in ohio i guess that's obviously our our big game species but yeah um... Is there anything else that you guys take in or? Um, in Ohio, well, so yes and no, as in wildlife species, no. Um, obviously we we don't really have a hog problem here or, or a bear problem. Obviously we don't have a bear, a black bear season. Um, but because of trichinosis, the organization will not accept um, bear meat um, or, or wild hogs. Cause obviously we have these chapters throughout the whole country. Um, and with it, we don't take any road kills um, just because of, of possible damage to meat and so forth. But throughout the country, yes, to answer your question, we do take a lot of elk, um, mule deer, some of the chapters out West. Um, they're eating good out there. What's that? They're eating good out there getting elk and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Huh? Um, but one thing that's happened here, um, in the state of Ohio, we've got a, a, a chapter coordinator that's out East and his deer donations have really dropped off in the past few years, but he wanted to find an outlet to, to still supply um, the food banks with meat. So he actually has raised money and he'll go to these, um, the county fairs. He'll go to the county fairs and actually purchase the animals at a county fair 
and then uh, you know farmer his his farmers and hunters feeding the hungry um, chapter will buy those animals and then he'll take them to the butcher have them butchered and that meat will actually go back in the community so whether it's beef or hogs i think he's even actually bought some chickens and he'll have the chickens butchered and that'll go back into the you know the food banks locally just because he wants to have a supply of meat for his his food banks and he just hasn't had as much with you know with with venison you, that's, you may not. Is, that's what's unique is because um, we aren't just straight. We're just trying to find meat to give to the community. And I actually, myself, I, I've actually had some, some beef and some hogs throughout the year. Um, like a guy will clean his hog barn out. Maybe there's one that's, you know, maybe he's lame or something, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, the uh, USDA won't, won't accept it. You know, I, I don't know how much you guys know about that, but there are pretty stringent rules. And uh, he'll just call me and say, hey, I got, you know, I got a beef and three hogs. Can I just butcher them for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I just, I, we just set up and agree to a price. And then I just take all that meat and throw it back into the food banks locally. I mean, there's no reason for that stuff to go to waste. You yeah. Know? So you, you may not know this or, or know the answer to this question, but but how many how many people like in, in Ohio struggle with, you know, food insecurity or or, or, or go hungry on a pretty regular basis? I, you know, I, I obviously look at the website as well. And, and the last data that we've got, you know, it, it states there on the website that one in nine Americans are struggling with hunger. And um, what else? I, I think it said on there, I, I pulled it up here as well as in 2019, 13.7 million American households were food insecure. Um, obviously, it's, it's a pretty good amount of people that, you know, need help. Yeah. And, I, you know, it kind of goes back to this started as a, um, when Rick started, he's really got a funny story about it, but when he started it in Maryland, it's just a, an outreach ministry within his church when it didn't take too long before it, the budget for, for farmers and hunters became larger than his church and his church essentially kind of kicked him out. It was like, Hey man, you, like you got something going here. You kind of need to go, you know, build your own office. And he, it's a little bit of a funny story, but, um, you know, I'm kind of blowing it up a little bit, but, but it, that's kind of how it is. And it's just turned into something where I, I get calls every year, um, people that donate money to me, they don't even hunt, they don't like hunting, but they're like, man, you, this is a win-win for everybody. They know, they know that we've got whitetails galore and it, it's a renewable resource. So that, you know, they're willing to help feed people and, and, um, it's a win for everybody. So where's, where's kind of like the largest concentration of food go in the state? Is it, you know, central, north, south, east, west, or is it just kind of like distributed equally across the, the networks in Ohio? Yeah, well, so so the whole idea is for, for the chapters to be local. That was that was okay. the original original idea from the beginning. That that you'd have a you know a local a local coordinator and he would contract with local butchers. And then that meat would theoretically be donated from local hunters and it would go back to those local food banks. So there has been times when, um, you know, when I've taken excess of meat back when I was talking, we were having 12, you know, thousand pounds a year. I would take some of that into Columbus to faith mission, um, to give that to them. Cause obviously there's a large need in the, in the inner city communities for, for just protein sources and the food banks, excuse me. Um, but really, it just depends on who's getting the most donations because everybody tries to keep it local to their community. That's, I I know where I do a lot of hunting down in in the southern part of the state. I mean, that, that seems to be like a pretty 
you know, pretty common thing with you know, some of the families down there really, really struggle. So um, I think it's, I think it's amazing because <clears throat> I, one yeah. of my other hobbies in life is kind of uh, on the fitness side of things, but like diet is such an important, has such an important role in how people function. It sounds so silly, but it, good meat source uh, and, and venison is so lean and everything else. I mean, that's, you can't get much better than that. And that's what we've gone in, in our house where we eat it's venison. We buy a very, very small amount of beef throughout the year. Um, so I think that's, that's amazing for these uh, food pantries and stuff that, that really don't have great meat sources. FHFH is, is like I said, things evolve into certain things, but obviously it's a win-win for everybody, but it's really turned into a, a community now because you've got such a large um, like field to table movement. And since this has always been a grassroots effort, um, it's turned into, it's not really just a hunting or it, we never were a hunting organization. We were, we were a, a feeding ministry is what, what we are. And um I think people realize that, that, that whitetails, there's a lot of deer around and they are a great source of protein and, and they're, they're renewable resources here. So why don't we use them? Um, just like you said, I mean, you're living off venison myself. I, I buy some hog meat and, and some chicken, but yeah, we don't buy beef. I mean, we just live off venison and, um, you know, I think a lot of people see that value now, um, just because of the movement that we're in. So would you attribute that, you know, that decline from 12,000 to 3,000 pounds in, annually? I mean, is that the field to table movement kind of taking, taking a bite out of that? Or is it just, you know, multitude of things? Um, I think partially it, it, it is. Uh, it, it's that it's people have found hunting as, a, as an opportunity to spend with their family and even community. Um, it's turned into a very valuable um, skill, possibly you could say, um, or just like I said, just opportunity to, to, to spend time with family, especially through this pandemic. Um, the other thing is though, that in the state of Ohio, you know, when the urban tags went away, you know, a handful of years ago, we have like the management permits now, but you know, back in the day, you could get to $10 doe tags. And there was a lot of guys that were, were filling doe tags and, and just donating to me. They knew ahead of time, Hey, I'm going to buy, you know, three, four urban tags, wherever. And you had, you know, the, I think there were six different areas in the, in the state. And those guys would just go out and just, just slaughter those because they, they wanted to go hunt and they knew there was an outlet for the meat. It, if there was an outlet for the meat, they had never hunted. So um, a lot of people don't know that, and this ended uh, probably maybe six years ago, the division of wildlife was actually, and it was in the hunting regs book, they gave us matching grant money um, and, and we viewed it as they, they've kind of used us as a resource to, um, just to help with, with the herd size in Ohio. I mean, there was, gosh, probably, I can't, I can't remember now, maybe back in 2012 area, you'd have to talk to the division, but maybe back in that area, I think, I think the, the total harvest in Ohio was like 220,000 deer. And, and I think now we're down around 175, maybe last year, 179,000, something like that. Um, but anyways, they were kind of using our program 
that they would give us matching grant money. So they had a program, if we raise a certain amount of money, then they would give us that same amount um, in a matching grant. And there were stipulations, um, but they, they kind of used us as a tool to help, to help, you know, stabilize the deer herd. Yeah. And, really and granted, I say it went away, like it, it, it just went away because it's not necessary anymore, you know, it's, but it, it was great to work with them. They, they've been great to work with us. And it, it really has historically been a, you know, just a great partnership. It's, you know, we talked to Paul and I talked to Mike Tonkovich, who's uh, yeah. with the state deer biologist or whatever, um, a couple of weeks ago, but the, uh, I, I don't, it sounded like the herd is pretty big uh for, is that right paul was that sound like uh what what we got out of that was i think it was I, like stable was kind of more along the lines yeah you know? so it may maybe we'll see that come back or something now um justin when we talk about food safety and all that kind of stuff i mean this is not something anybody really wants to discuss but uh it's it's real uh with the cwd uh, and the surrounding states and a couple of little spots throughout Ohio. Is that anything that is taken into consideration with um, this program? I would say yes in those areas. I think is it maybe Holmes County? Um, Why not? Holmes and Wine. Okay. Yeah. I know there's a couple areas that, that, you know, all the deer are being tested. Um, I haven't talked to any chapter coordinators in that area. I'm sure they're following any mandates that the Division of Wildlife have put out there. Um, you know, we can all debate back and forth what's going on with CWD. Um, and really none of us are probably professionals, you know, at it or, or, or expertise or experts in it. But, but yeah, I would say there's definitely some type of guidelines that those guys are following. And it's probably all direct, you know, given a directive from the Division of Wildlife. Uh, I think, you know, there's a, there's a stigma that, that goes along with, you know, with hunting that, you know, we're all out just these bloodthirsty rednecks that, you know, that want to go out and kill everything that's brown that walks in front of us. And, and uh, I think, you know, it's really, it's programs like this that I think are very important and help, you know, one, just you're doing, you're doing good work with helping people and, and feeding and feeding hungry families, man. That's, that's as, as, as wholesome as it gets, but to the people, you know, it's, this is like, this is what it's all about. You know, it's, it's a community, it's a family, it's a network of people that, um, you know, that value the, the, you know, the resource that, that we get to experience and, and to use. So this is, I think this is a great program. So. And yeah, just, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad that you guys, um, you know, find value and promoting it as well. Um, I, I to go back to your comment. I think historically, you know, bow hunters have become such a huge part of hunting now in the last 20 years. You know, archery is such a big sport, I guess you could say. Um, and I think actually last year, if I remember right, last year was the first year in the state of Ohio that the harvest, the, the bow harvest or the archery harvest was larger than the gun harvest, if I remember right. Um, but with that being said, back in the day there, you hear all these horror stories that people in orange run around, they're slinging lead, you know, just like you were alluding to Paul. Um, and that probably didn't create the best narrative, but you know, with bow hunters, nobody sees them. They're out there, they park their trucks, they go do, you know, what they want to do. And, and so you don't get that, that bad mantra um, that you used to get back in the day where you'd have 20 guys driving deer, which is a very efficient tactic, but it can be very unsafe. 
but you know that back in the day that's what people saw and i think that's why some of that narrative came out and and, and now it's just not that way yeah yeah for sure so if people want to get involved what uh, what are some things that they can do and how do they how do they find that the, the, uh, the first thing to, to do yeah go so go to fhfh.org um you know, as you guys mentioned, it's it's a very very easy um, website to navigate around. Um, you could there's drop down menus, um, and then you can go into an interactive map to find a chapter coordinator. Contact information is there. You can get a hold of that that chapter coordinator to ask those questions in your area. Excuse me again, um, as well as the butcher list, um, an updated butcher list, and so you could call that butcher. All I would all I would say is if you're going to be out there hunting um maybe maybe just make sure the butcher of the butcher's hours i mean they're operating a business so um maybe call ahead if you know that you're going to donate a deer maybe call ahead just make sure you know when they're open or closed when they're able to accept um animals it's up to them because they're running their own business um but as we get into later in the season it's cooler so hey if you got to wait overnight it ain't that big of a deal early season I, I try to tell guys hey make sure you know that if you harvest a deer you can get it cooled down or get it to that butcher and they'll, they're open to accept it yeah. um, but anyways get on the website you can get all that information there you know butchers in your area wherever you live wherever you might be hunting and, and also the chapter coordinators or feel free to reach out to myself i mean i'll, I'll help as much as i can um, i've been doing this since since 2007 so I, I i've been doing it for a while so let me i want to i want to ask you just kind of a, a very direct question but how much money does does your chapter need every year to process the deer that you that you bring in uh give or take give or take between 7500 10 grand in that area um is usually what what i try to raise to make sure i can cover all butcher bills um obviously different fundraisers do cost to, to fundraisers and so forth. But yeah, and that's 75 to 10 grand, that area. So you raise all of that money just through private donations, the fundraisers, and I see like an online auction. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I've done a Whitetails Unlimited banquet. Um, we just, just had it. It's always been the last Saturday of October now for, this was our 14th or 15th year doing it. Um, that's a huge fundraiser for us. I do it with a, a guy I went to high school with. He actually works for Whitetails Unlimited. And um, so that's always been an annual, a large annual fundraiser for me. I've done uh, bow leagues um, in the past, just have fun, bunch of guys. We raise money and shoot archery. Um, I get private donations from, from some of the churches um, that actually take some of the meat and, and even members, members of the churches or local, just local members of the community. Uh, like I said, I've, I've had multiple people that, that don't, they, they'll just tell me, Hey, I'm a landowner. I don't really agree with hunting, but I love what you're doing and I want to help. So, you know, they'll send me a check. Um, so it, it's really from, you know, single individuals up to big fundraising um, activities. That's awesome. Grassroots, man. You gotta love it. Yeah. Yeah. Next year, when you go to have your, your banquet or whatever, you know, we need to, we need to push that ahead of time. So uh, get get back in touch yeah. with us there on that. So yeah, absolutely. And um, just there is a couple of things here I wanted to, I wanted to go through. We were talking about um, just some of the stats, and I and I I got some of the total stats because I, I think it's to be honest, it's pretty mind boggling. And you can probably get a lot of this on the website, but um, since 1997, nationwide, um, farmers and hunters feeding the hungry has had 
roughly 5.4 million pounds of meat incredible to us um yeah you're talking 20 almost 22 million servings of meat and that's across the country um in the state of ohio um since that's what we're mainly talking about we we've had again since 2001 that was the first chapter that that started in the state of ohio and then we've fluctuated up and down. I was going to say too, it looks like on the website, we've got 29 active chapters in the state of Ohio right now. But since 2001 in the state of Ohio, we've had just over 1.2 million pounds of meat donated, um, about 4.9 million servings. Um, And then just here locally with my chapter since 2007, I'm right around, uh, what is it? Pushing 100,000 pounds of meat. And uh, you know, four hundred thousand pounds or four hundred thousand servings. Um, it, it's amazing every time you see those numbers to think that that's that's the majority of that meat is not being raised by a rancher or a farmer. That is just just nature. Pure man. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Man. yeah. It, it's just amazing and it's awesome. It's 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 awesome. Yeah. So it's fhfh.org. That's correct. Check out the website. A lot of good information on there. Do you have any any planned events coming up for 2022 you want to talk about? Or are you still in the works on those? Uh, I, I actually am thinking about, you know, Paul, I, I, know, I know you, and, and I've got this property in Hawking County, and, and I'm actually thinking about putting together a uh, um, like an archery shoot down there. Okay. Um, have you guys heard of the Total Archery Challenge they, they, run, they do out west? I have not. Okay, so it, it the, the total archery challenge essentially is is a big archery shoot. A lot of guys come in; they just shoot three D targets throughout you know the wilderness. Well, I think I've and, seen that. And my seen my that. idea is is that I, I would like to do that in Southern Ohio and put together like a Hawking Hills um, like archery hike type oh, thing yeah. and lay out you know lay out a dozen or or twenty targets throughout you know me and a couple surrounding properties. And essentially, you're going to have uphill, downhill. You're going to have 20 yard shots. You're going to have, you know, 75 yards. Just, just fun archery. And, and so I'm looking at doing that next year. Maybe right after turkey season, maybe middle of the summer, try to do somewhat of a fundraiser, get some guys in, have a big, you know, barbecue, you know, like hall roast or something, yeah. whatever, and, and just go shoot, just go shoot. And, you know, we all love archery, so yeah, that sounds That's great. A, that does I can, sound I can, fun, I, can I can show that Paul and Corey how to actually idea. shoot. I mean, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, with those heavy it's fun. I don't, Have you guys ever shot? Do you guys shoot much 3D? I have the target home. Yeah, it, it's a ball. Like it's a ball to go to these 3D archery courses. I mean, they're all they're all over the state. You can find them everywhere. Yeah. And just to step out and, and go shoot those targets. Number one, it, it's 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 a mental exercise. It's physical exercise. You're usually having a good time with buddies. Um, it makes for a good afternoon. You know, if one of your buddies loses an arrow, it's funny. If you lose an arrow, it's not funny. Um, yeah, those man, it, it, it would, it would cool. be a ball to do that, uh, you know, to have a, have a big fundraiser like that. I like how they, uh, they put scenarios into it, whether it's uphill, downhill, like you were talking, it could be 20 yards, but it could be, you know, 40 yards downhill behind a tree too. Mm-hmm. it's it's really cool how they set those things up yeah you know you might have a bed of dough up on a hillside laying in some brush or uh, yeah you know it, yeah it, it it makes it fun yeah that's good stuff months wrangle you guys got anything else the only thing i was going to say is i think we're going to run this sometime here around the holidays and 
Uh, I think a lot of us are blessed enough, whether it's food that we've harvested or uh, just in general, um, you know, we've got food on our table. So when it comes to organizations like Justin's, I think it's something you really need to consider. Uh, if, if you don't have meat to give, that's fine. He'll happily take donations for the processing fees and that kind of stuff. Uh, but this is this is truly what kind of what it's all about and getting people good, good food, um, not to get too like philosophical and stuff. But, you know, back in the day when the villages were, you know, there was people went out and hunted and they brought it back for other people and they shared shared the meat like that's exactly what this is about. So uh, I think it being around the holidays and everything, it's something, you know, if you haven't ever considered before, really take a look at it, get a hold of Justin, get on the website and uh and see if there's something you can do for them yeah for sure yeah, yeah and, and, you know depending on the county you're hunting in the state of ohio i mean there, there's there's two three and four deer counties um obviously there's a cumulative of six deer total um you know the management permits you can only use up here to this uh what sunday the sunday uh, after thanksgiving and then the management permits are not good anymore um but man yeah i would just tell i, I would just like to say Anybody that feels that you've got what you need, um, just like Andrew said, man, buy another tag. You're, you know, you're donating to the Vision Wildlife. They're doing a lot of work to give you um, the deer that you like to hunt. So go out there and tag one and, and donate it. It's free of charge. Um, and you get to spend some time out there. Maybe it's with yourself. Maybe it's with family. But but yeah, try to harvest an extra deer for your community because that's, that's where it's going to go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Justin, I can't wait to have you on in a few weeks and uh, and hear about that. Uh, hopefully, you tag that big old buck you've been chasing. I want to hear all about that story. So, good luck there, man. They, so. uh, they don't get big by by being stupid. So <laughs> I, we'll no, they don't. No, they don't. So, all right, man. We appreciate your time. Yep. Thanks, Justin. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Yep. Good talking. Thanks.